But uh, I have a question that I want to start off with this morning, and it's really this. It's how many of you believe that it's possible to attend a great church on a weekend? Like, let's just say it's idealistic, like the perfect church. Like, like, let's, there, and now let me just say, there is no such thing as the perfect church, right? Why? Because we're all in it. So that kind of throws things off a little bit. But let's say that we went to a perfect church, absolutely perfect church. We enjoyed this, this um, like, like angels sing for worship. Like it's just this unbelievable worship. I mean, it's just like this has to be what heaven sounds like, right? And then we hear this great message, this, this word that's preached. that it, It's like Jesus himself is standing here preaching. So you have this amazing worship experience. But is it possible to walk away from that which was spectacular and go home and be lonely? To feel isolated, to, to feel like, man, that was amazing. But what about the rest of the other six days? What do I do? See, I believe many times that happens to us, even in church. We can come in, we can connect with God, and that's important, and we need to do that. That's part of our, our vision here is we want to help what? People know God. We want to help people, and not just know about him. I mean actually know him, like really know him personally in a very real way. But yet you can know God and yet be missing out on a huge blessing that God has for you. Because, you know, I mean, I've heard people make statements like this before. Well, all I need is Jesus. Just me and Jesus, we're good. Well, if that's true, Jesus didn't do life alone. So apparently Jesus needed more than the Father too. He called them disciples. We would call them friends. There were three, his inner circle, like his his, his best friends, his, his boys, I mean, the guys who were closest to him. And then there were 12, and they were with him a lot, like most of the time. But then we see accounts of 70 and of 500s and the multitudes. And many times in church, we settle with being the multitude, wondering why we feel disconnected. It's because we're hanging out on the fringes of life that God has for us. Jesus did life in a small group. Jesus would get away to go pray, but he came back to his group. You go look in the book of Acts when the apostle Paul got arrested. It says that that an angel came and delivered him and sent him back to his company, his group, his people, those people he had been doing life with. He didn't just say, hey, I got you out of jail. Now go just run that way as fast as you can to get away from all this. He says, no, go back to the people you know. Go back to those relationships. And it's so important that we understand this. Because even as we're getting ready to launch into our spring semester of groups, it's more than just something else to fill the calendar. We purposely don't fill up your calendar. I don't know if if you realize this. We don't have Sunday night church. We don't have Wednesday night church. Why? Because we believe in groups that much. We believe in relationship. It's not the group that matters. It's the relationships that matter. Because here's the other thing. You can go to a group, listen, and leave, and never talk. And it's, you might learn a few things. But it's when you begin to get in relationship with people. You begin to talk. You begin to ask some questions. You begin to get some things answered that you never really had the answer or the opportunity to get answered maybe in a service like this. See, we are very relational people. 
Very. And you're like, well, I'm an introvert. So am I. But you know what I have is I have some really close friends. And I wouldn't trade one of them for anything in the world. And I'm an introvert. It doesn't bother me to be alone. I kind of like it sometimes. But, and I know that you might think, well, why are you in front of everybody talking? Because it's what I'm called to do. not because I want to do it. <laughs> that's, that's somewhat true. But I do enjoy what I'm called to do. But it has nothing to do with my personality. But this is what I know is that we all need friends. We all need people to help us when we need it. We all need people to come alongside of us to, what, give us aid and support and to help us when we need it the most. If I asked you if you needed somebody else to sit on a row by you at another church service, the answer is no, you don't. What you do need is a relationship where you can look somebody eyeball to eyeball and say, I have a question that I don't have an answer to. Can you help me? That's actually where this Christian life becomes very personal and very real. Why? Because it's no longer just in theory anymore. It's actually like, because the, the, I mean, every one of us have questions. We all have questions that we don't want to ask. Well, I know that this happened in my life, but I don't understand why. Well, this circumstance happened and that circumstance. Why did this happen to me? Why would God allow this? And many times we can deal with things. Or maybe there's scriptures where you're like, I have no idea what that means. Like, I, what does that even mean? You know, over in Acts chapter 8, there was actually an account of this where there was a, a man from Ethiopia who was reading the book of Isaiah out loud. And Philip walks up and goes, hey, do you have any idea what you're reading? And that guy goes, how can I? And Philip says, hey, I can help you with that. And the Bible says that he crawled up into his chariot and began to share with him the scriptures. And yet, and it's an amazing story. You can go read it. I don't have the sake, for the sake of time, I don't, I don't want to take time to do that. But we are relational. God created us as re- relational. When God created Adam, he had all the animals in the world. You're like, I just need me and my deer stand. Well, God said that wasn't enough for Adam, right? Me and my duck blind, right? Why? Because, at, because God looked at Adam and said, all right, you've got all the animals. You can go hunt, fish, do, eat, all that kind of stuff. But Adam, it ain't good because you're alone. You, you, need a, you need relationship. And Adam had relationship with God. And yet God still said, Adam, you need a relationship besides just me. And that's important. You know, this is actually backed by a lot of research. I studied it one time and really began to look into it. And, and I began to, I found this study that they did from Harvard Medical School. And so they, they had researched thousands and thousands and thousands of people about the way they lived, the choices they made, all of these things. And, and so I'm going to read you what they're kind of what they came to as their conclusion. It was this, is that, so... Harvard Medical School, like elite school, over several years did research. This is what they found. Is that the researchers found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die earlier than those who had strong relational connections. The most isolated people die quicker. 
You're like, I don't believe that. Well, let me just throw even more information in there. To, because I'll just keep reading. It says people who had bad health habits, which included smoking, eating, or poor eating habits, or alcohol abuse, but strong social ties lived significantly longer than people who had great health, habit, health habits but were isolated. Now, this isn't something I made up. This is medical science. So you can argue with me on some points of the Bible. You can go argue with Harvard about that one. But I love, I love, 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 love the way that they kind of summarized it. Because you're like, what does all that mean? Quite simply, this is the way they said it, was that it's better to eat Twinkies with some friends than to eat broccoli alone. And I got a strong, strong, strong witness in my spirit about that. Apparently, you got a witness with that as well. It's backed by science. Twinkies have been validated, praise the Lord. It is actually better... To eat a Twinkie with your friend than to eat broccoli by yourself. And I don't care what you put on it, it's still broccoli. It's medical science. It's fact. Praise Jesus. I love that. It's better to eat Twinkies with friends. In my case, it would be a moon pie. Banana, by the way. I like banana moon pies occasionally. You can judge me if you want. I don't even care. You eat your Twinkie and smile. I'll eat my moon pie and smile and I'll be happy. No, see, we weren't designed by God to do life alone. We absolutely were built for relationship. We were built for connection one to another. And it's vitally important. We were, God created us for interaction and for relationship. Now, see, this is important because I'm not just saying that you just need more acquaintances. Like, you don't need to fill up your Facebook profile with more people. You don't need more followers on Instagram. As a matter of fact, science proves that that actually makes you feel more isolated. It's kind of interesting that social media actually creates antisocial behavior. Why? Because we do this. How would you like it if that's how I talk to you? This is good this morning. Praise the Lord. But you realize that's what we do every day. We do it with our spouse. We do it with our kids. We do it with our coworkers. Before a meeting, instead of talking to the person across the table saying, Hey, how are you doing? We just pull out our phone because it's awkward. Yet what if the Lord had an assignment for you in that moment to actually meet that person and to share some things with them about your story and yet that would be the catalyst that God would use to bring them to him and yet you're saying, God, use me, God, use me. Get off, get off your phone. I'll just be real straightforward. Get off your phone, begin to look up and say, God, where are these opportunities? You're like, well, nobody talks to me. Go be for somebody else what you wish somebody would be for you. The Bible says if you show yourself friendly, guess what? You're going to have some friends. It's amazing how that works. I just want to punch my clock. I just want to go home. I don't want anybody to talk to me. I just want to do my thing. I just, yeah, but you were created for relationship. It's not by accident. It's, It's by design 
from the creator, of God of, of heaven. He created, he hardwired us for relationship, for, for fellowship. And it's important. We all need it. But we need the right kinds of relationships. The right kinds of, the right people in our life. See, here's one of the things that I, I believe to be true is that we all need people in our life that love us. And that's important. It's the number one felt need of every human being on the planet is the need to be loved. But even more than just people who love me, I need people who aren't impressed by me. Why? Because the ones who aren't impressed are the ones who love me enough to tell me the truth and they'll say, stop it. You need to be careful. Watch that thought. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're meditating. I know where that's headed and it's not good for you. And I need people in my life, desperately in my life. Why? Because we all have blind spots. Anybody not know what a blind spot is? I know we've got some pretty fancy cars now that on our little mirrors will say, hey, there's a car beside you. I almost got sideswiped the other day on 210 because somebody wasn't paying attention. Why? Because they didn't look, or maybe they did, but they had a blind spot. They had an area that they could not see that I was sitting there. They were that person that wanted to speed up to the last second and cut over. Praise Jesus. Y'all pray for them. Y'all pray for them. I'm telling you, y'all, y'all need to pray for them because I'm going to give me a big spike on the front of my truck. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It would be kind of fun, though. Go like, you know, like apocalyptic vehicle, like just stay in your lane or wait one or the other. See, that's why I need people in my life to say, you're being dumb. <laughs> like, because I would do those kinds of things, you know. And so it's kind of important that people are in my life because I need people to tell me not to do certain things. And, but we all need people in our life who will speak the truth, that love us enough to actually tell us. A lot of times we love, we just forget about the tell part. Doesn't mean that we're ugly, it's quite the opposite. No, we tell the truth, but it's in love. Why? Because how else will we know? Because we have blind spots in our life. We all have them. Nobody's exempt. We all have areas of our life that we are unaware of their current condition. And so we need people to to speak. We need those relationships because, you know, I mean, you can make it super spiritual and be like, well, if the Lord wants to tell me something, he'll tell a complete stranger to come up and talk to me. Okay, when was the last time you walked up to a complete stranger and told them something that God told? Oh, well, I've never, exactly, exactly. Now, God works inside of relationships, and it's important. Proverbs 27, verse 6, it's probably one of my favorite verses. When it talks, when we're talking about relationships, and you may find it kind of odd, but it says that you can trust a friend Who wounds you with honesty. You can trust a friend who will wound you with honesty. The New King James Version says this way. Is that faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Maybe not in that moment. But I can look back at wounds that I've had from friends in the past. And I'm so thankful That they were willing to speak truth even though it hurt in the moment. It created change in me that needed to happen. 
Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So it says here, you can trust a friend who wounds you with honesty. But your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insecurity. Your enemy is just going to kind of puff you up. But a friend's going to say, hey, I saw what you posted the other day that really wasn't the kind of person that you are, is it? Like, well, sound like you're meddling in people's life. No, this is somebody I'm close with. This isn't some random stranger. This is somebody that I want to make sure is in heaven with me. And I want, to, I want to know that they make sure that I'm going to be there with them too. No, faithful. Faithful are the wounds that you can trust it. I love this quote from a guy named Oscar Wilde. It's kind of become kind of, I share it with all of my, all of the, the, my closest friends. And I say, you have permission because the quote is, is that a real friend, a true friend will stab you in the front. I love it. I do. Be honest, man. Just don't stab me in the back. Tell me what everybody else is thinking. But no one's telling me. Stab me right here so I see it coming. Don't sneak attack me. Why? Because I need that. You need relationship. You need people that will speak honestly into your life. And it's not always just bad things. Sometimes it's encouragement because you get weary in the journey and you're ready to hang it up and just be man, I, I've been believing God, I've been believing God, I've been believing God, and it's just hard. That's when you need somebody to what? Come alongside of you and pick you up and say, no, you're not going to quit. I'm not going to let you quit. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep pressing. We're going to keep believing. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I believe in you. You can do this. See, we all need that in our life. Sometimes it's corrective. Sometimes it's um, more encouragement. But we all need that. Why? Because we all are human beings. We all have feelings and thoughts and emotions and all of these things. And we need people to come alongside of us. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says that iron sharpens iron, so one man would sharpen his friend. In other words, if you have no friends, you're going to get dull. That's my translation of that. I need friends to what? Sometimes rub me the wrong way. If you take metal and put it on a grinding wheel, what happens? Sparks. I would actually challenge you in the relationships that you currently have. If you hadn't had some sparks in a while, are you being challenged by them? Now, I don't have these relate. Now, I'm not talking about relationships in large. I mean, I have two people, three, really, that can say anything to me. Why? Because I don't want to be left to myself. I, I invite feedback into my life. If I'm doing something dumb, please tell me. Please. Why? Because I need it. Because I want to grow and I want to be who God's called me to be. And I realize that I can't do that by myself. Proverbs 17, 17 out of the Amplified Bible says this, is that a friend is actually born for adversity. It says a friend loves at all times, but a, a friend is born for what? When you need them the most. You don't need a bunch of friends when everything's going great necessarily. 
I mean, it's good to have friends, but man, when everything goes to hit the fan, that's when you need some people. You need people to come alongside of you and say, hey, this isn't the end of the story. God is still working. I may, it may not seem like it right now, but I promise you, God is working on your behalf. Just don't quit. Don't give up. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says that a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. See, isolation begins to to build up insulation. You get, you kind of, because you're like, well, you know, well, I've trusted somebody before and they hurt me. So I'm going to insulate myself because I never want to get hurt again. The problem is you become the source of all your wisdom when that happens. Here's the truth. None of us are that smart. Not saying that we're dumb. That's not what I'm saying. But none of us are all-knowing and all-wise and all-seeing. We don't, we don't see everything about our life. And we need God. We need the Holy Spirit. But we also need people in our life. Why? Because sometimes we have a, a propensity to not listen to the voice of God. And when we won't listen to him... He will speak to those around us. He will speak through them into our life. Why? Because the Bible says he doesn't want us to experience heartache, pain, loss. But if we refuse to listen and we've got nobody else around, you're like, oh, but he's God. Yeah, but you have a free will. So he's going to give multiple shots, multiple chances. The Amplified Bible of this same verse says, He who willingly or willfully separates and estranges himself from God and man seeks his own desire and breaks out against all wise and sound judgment. You know, we support a, a missionary every month in Tanzania, and I heard him say this one time. His name's Egan Falk. And he, it's, an Africa, it's an old African proverb. He serves and has served in Tanzania, Africa for over 40 years now. But they have this phrase there, and it's always just stuck with me. And he says, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. Now, I like to get stuff done, so sometimes it's just easier just to do it myself, right? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? (laughs) If you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far, walk together. If you want to walk fast, go at it alone. But if if you want to be around for a long time... You need some relationships. You need some connection. You know, one of our values here around TDP is relationships. We value relationships. We believe that they're so, so, so important. We say it like this, is that God has made us to connect with others so his life, his life can be shared. That's important. God's life in us is to be shared one with another. Because there may be an area of my life that I have a, a maybe... A certain degree of understanding on, but there may be an area of your life that I need that understanding on, but you have it. And God's saying, well, when you get in relationship with them, you'll get the the wisdom that I have for you, but it's actually in them. And the reverse is true too. You all have some things in you that God has shown you, God has revealed to you, God has taught you. You've learned through reading scripture and, and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit that other people need to hear. 
Like, well, I'm not a preacher. I didn't say anything about a preacher. I said about being in a relationship in a small group setting, sharing what the Lord has shown you through the years. I I believe that it's true for all of us. I, I believe it's very, very, very important for us. So that life is to be shared. We laugh together. It's okay to laugh. I like to laugh. We grow together, which makes us better together. We laugh, we grow, and we get better together. I believe it to be true with all of my heart. Romans chapter 1, verse 11, gives us some wisdom. And it says this. It says, For I long to visit you so that I can bring you some spiritual gift, that it will help you grow strong in the Lord. This is the Apostle Paul talking to a group of individuals. He says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. He's the most famous Christian on the planet at the time. And he's not just saying, hey, I've got something to give you. And, and, and here's the thing. He's writing them a letter. And yet he still says, there's something besides this letter that I actually need to be in the room with you. I need to eat with you. I need to be across the table from you. Because I can't bring to you what I have for you through a letter or an email or a text or a Facebook message or however you communicate with the outside world. There are some things in the kingdom of God that are strictly relational. Give you an example. Today we dedicated eight babies. And what did I do? I put my hands on them. Could I do that through video? Sure. Does it have the same impact? No. Why? Because there are certain things in the kingdom of God that are reserved for relationship. They get transmitted no other way. And, and so Paul here is, is giving this. In the message translation, I really like the way that it says it. It says, Verse 12, it says, I so want to be there to deliver God's gift to you in person and watch you grow stronger right before my own eyes. It says, but don't think that I'm not expecting to get something out of this too. You have as much to give me as I do to you. See, many of you are shortchanging yourself saying, well, I don't really have anything to offer. That's because you've bought into a lie that the devil has sold you that I'm just going to come to church and just be a normal person. I'm, just, I'm going to be part of the crowd, but not part of the inner circle. I'm not going to be part of those who were close. I just, I just want to come and see the miracles. I want to come and see what Jesus does. I want to get lunch. You know, there was an account. You go look over in, um, I can't remember if it's Luke 6 or John 6. I think it's John 6, though. And I think it's, I know, well, I think it's John. I think it's John 6, 6, 6. Chapter 6, verse 66. He fed them the 5,000. And when he came back and said, oh, y'all just here for lunch. If you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And all they all left. I wonder why. Because <laughs> they were there for lunch. Jesus wasn't about to start chopping himself up and serving himself for lunch. That's not what he was saying at all. He was speaking of relationship though. They wanted to come for the, the large. They didn't want to actually get. Why? Because when we get 
into relationship one with another, something powerful begins to happen. What? You become known. You're not just on the fringe. You become known. And that's a powerful thing. Why? Because now it's not just, well, I filled out a a random, you know, I, I just called the church office and said, hey, can pastor pray for me? I would do that. Absolutely, yes, I would do that. But how much more powerful is it for you to go to the group that you've been eating breakfast with for three months and saying, guys, I got a diagnosis this week. I, I need some people to pray with me. I'm scared. And you're honest. Get into a, a marriage small group and it's like, hey, our marriage is kind of falling apart. We need some help. What happens? We become real. What a concept. In a world of fake, the Bible says we're supposed to be real. Honest. Like, well, I don't, I don't want to just go tell everybody my business. I'm not telling you to tell everybody your business. I'm telling you to get in relationship in a small group and connect there that you can share it with people that you trust, people that you know that love you, people that want what, what really want God's best for you. And out of that comes power becomes real growth, begins, things begin to, to change and to move forward. See, it's about having deep relationships. I'm not talking about just having more acquaintances. I mean like deep spiritual connections. This is what we're talking about. See, I believe that God wants every believer to be connected to a local body. I believe that. I believe that, that the local church is actually the hope of the world. I really believe that. I mean, to the point I've given my life to it. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty committed. But more than just the local church, because this building is just a building. If we wanted to, we could go out in the parking lot and have church. We don't need the building. We don't need the lights. We We don't need all this. As a matter of fact, that's normal church in most of the world. It's nice. I mean, I enjoy the air conditioner. Praise the Lord. But it's not necessary. Why? Because this is just steel, wood, sheetrock. What's the church? It's us. This is a building until we show up. Until we show up, this is just a building. Now, I'm not trying to diminish it. You're like, oh, well, it's the sanctuary. Yes, it is. And yes, it is the church, and I believe we should take care of it and all of those things. But I don't want to value the building more than I do you. Because you're the valuable part. You're the meaningful part of the church. And so what happens is that when we begin to gather, even in other places... We could gather here. We can gather at a restaurant. We could gather anywhere. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm right there with them. You can have church with three folks. Your worship might not sound as good, but you know, it's all right. No, it's us as individuals who make up the church. And it's important that we're relationally connected It's one of our values. It's one of the things that's just of utmost importance to us because we need those relationships. 
There's really two ways, that, uh, kind of a starting block, if you will, to get connected in any church. Specifically in ours, this is how it looks. There's two ways. First and foremost, the easiest one is to get in a small group. Get in a small group. And get on the website. Next week, there'll be people. They might even be trying to recruit you. You're like, well, why are you telling me this week? Because I want you to think about it for the next week. I don't want you to get here next week and then me we, uh, share with you about small groups. You're like, well, I need to think about it. No, I'm telling you now. Think about it this week. And then when you come next Sunday or even this week, you can get online and you can start seeing all the different opportunities we have to what? To come together for fellowship. You're like, well, is this Sunday school? No. Some of it's just interest-based. Some of it is just believers getting together, having a good time. You know, I, I, I was recently talking to uh, somebody at McNeese who's actually over there, Chi Alpha, and he was telling me the story of a young lady who was eating lunch in the common area. Where's Aaron? I don't know where. can't even think what it's called. What's the, what's the thing called everybody eats? The quad. See? There you go. It's really hard to say, but... No, but I'm sitting there, and he starts telling me they were playing soccer out in the quad one night, and this girl who was completely atheistic to the things of God. Like, she's like, oh, who are y'all? And they're like, oh, we're a Christian ministry on campus. She's like, oh. And she's like, well, could I play soccer with you? And they were like, sure. And she's like, I might say some stuff. It's all right. Guess what? That girl's serving the Lord today. Why? Because somebody said, come kick a ball with me. Now, there's different opportunities. There are some things that, that are, you know, more Bible study based, if you will, but that's not all that they are. Just find one that you connect with and get into some relationships because it matters. So that's one of the ways that you can get connected. It's one of the easiest you just sign up, they're going to tell you when and where, and you just show up and start meeting some folks. The other way is you can start serving around the church. We call it the dream team. Like, well, I don't have time. My work schedule, I, I'm busy during the week. I don't, I don't, I, it's just not an option for me. Get on a team. Why? Because that can become like your small group. You start getting in those relationships with one another. Hey, you know, this is what's going on. Would you just be praying with me? You can shoot somebody a text. Hey, just, just thinking about you. I just felt like I wanted to share this with you. I felt like it might encourage you today. What a unique thing. That's the body ministering to the body, and that's really what we're called to be. So I want to encourage you this morning. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life, who are you connected to? Who are you connected to? Who are you in relationship with? I mean, like, really in relationship with, like, who's that friend who can stab you in the front and say, I love you enough to tell you the truth? And I know it's going to hurt, but according to the Word of God, one day you're going to call that wound faithful. Why? Because it produced a change in you that God needed to change. And we all need that. And for years and years and years, one of my friends, we've both been serving the Lord for 22 years. We got saved pretty much at the same time, pretty close. And we've walked together for 22 years together. Now, we've lived in different states. We've lived all over the place. But if he calls me and said, hey, I was praying. I felt like the Lord put this in my heart for you. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen. Even if I disagree. 
And then I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer with it and say, Lord, what do I need to do with this? That's how this thing works. That's how we grow. That's how we mature. That's how we keep from just plateauing. Every now and then we all need a good swift kick in the rear end, right? It's kind of like, hey, let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep pursuing what God has for us. So that's my challenge for you today. Who are you connected to? Who are you in a relationship with like God?